0: Welcome, Saslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 21st of December. Good to have you aboard. Part of the Believe Podcast Network. Presented as always by Anna Jarin Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800 747 3 800 747 Week 16 of the NFL gets going tonight. We got the Panthers back in action tonight. We have a really good. Heat road win last night, minus Jimmy Butler to start the show off with. Got a fun show for everybody. It's all happening. There's so much going on. And of course, with all the action going on, all the NBA, the NHL, we got the NFL, college football playoffs are right around the corner. And Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, NHL. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We're going to talk to our pal, Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football expert. If you're still playing fantasy football, you're in your fantasy football playoffs. Week 16, come on, this important stuff. So Jamie's gonna join us. We'll get his thoughts on Dolphins Cowboys this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about the MVP race with him, and we'll get the plays starting with tonight, Saints and Rams. He had a pretty good game. Two seven and seven teams, playoff implications for both of them. So that all gets started tonight. Jamie will be on the show today. Also, our pal is Seth Levitt, host of the Dolphins Fish Tank Podcast. With OJ McDuffie, he also does the pregame and the postgame on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network with Travis Wingfield. Seth Levitt's going to join us. And uh, so we'll we'll talk to you about the Dolphins. But I also wanted, to, like, he grabbed my attention this week because he and OJ, they have great guests, great Dolphin guests on the Fish Tank podcast. They have Marino this week. That's right. I played your clip in Big Deal, Not a Big Deal a couple days ago, right? Marino is sitting down with them. And it's funny because... Look, I've been doing this for about 20 years now, right? And I don't get starstruck or anything like that. I've been around the the really big guys, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. And, I. you know, it's all right. Like, like I've done that. I've been there, done that. Marino still, to me, has that aura to him. I've never had an actual... I don't think I've ever had any real conversation, any kind of real interaction with Marino. But every time I see Marino do interviews like this with Seth and OJ on the fish tank, he's still got that aura about him. It's Marino. It's still a really big deal. That's not one of those where if I'm in the room with him or if I'm talking to him, it's like, ah, it's no big deal. He's just a regular guy. Nah, not a regular guy. Damn Marino. So we'll get Seth on the show. We'll talk a little bit about that. I'm looking forward to talking to him. But let's start things off here with your favorite little basketball team. A really good win for the Heat last night. 16-12 now on the season. They beat the Magic 115-106. The Magic won nine in a row. The Magic are good this year. The Magic were 11-2 at home. Matter of fact, actually 11-1 because one of their home losses was in Mexico City. So they would only lost in that building one time this year. And... The Heat took over the game in the second quarter. Minus Jimmy Butler. The Heat took over the game in the second quarter. It it was a tight game. And the Heat ended up leading by 18, I think it was, 68-50. At halftime, it was a flurry of threes. Richardson, Hero, and most notably, this stretch right here was the one that busted the game open.
1: You see the way Highsmith is working on the defensive end. It's a thing of beauty what he's doing to Bancaro. Only has four points on one of four shooting. That's why Highsmith is in the league and a contributing important role player for Miami. He's a star on the defensive end.
2: Understanding the scouting report to make him
3: shoot, play drive. 3 and D from Haywood Highsmith.
0: Haywood uh, Highsmith with three triples here in the second quarter
1: alone. That ties a season high for a game. That's a miss. A rebound tracked down by Hero. And the Heat right now on a 14-2 run. Highsmith again. Kaboom! Then you had Hero
0: hit a three. Then you had Hero with the jumper at the buzzer. And all of a sudden, the Heat are blowing him out. But Haywood Highsmith, and I'm a big fan of Highsmith, man. He is an impact. And the Clips start out with his defense, then he had back-to-back threes. He is an impactful player. Great 3-and-D guy he's turned into. He's he's that next guy, that 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 heat culture guy, that heat development guy that they just find out of nowhere and becomes a legit player. He is a difference maker on the defensive end, and he can hit threes now, especially that corner three. Highsmith last night at 15 points. He was 4-for-9 from three. I'm a big fan. I love Haywood Highsmith, man. And that he took over the game there in the second. The final score, I mean, the, the Magic got within seven with, like, 50 seconds left. Ain't no thing. But no Jimmy Butler, so Jaime Haas Jr. got the start. Kyle Lowry was back, so he got the start as well. And that's another thing, though, where, so, you got no Butler. Hawkes starts. Lowry also starts. Kevin Love is out. He had a stomach illness. I'm not sure he would have started anyway. He started a couple nights ago because of the height they were going up against against Minnesota. I told you, my ideal starting lineup it's Hero, Butler, Robinson, Martin, Adebayo. If you need the height, you throw Love in there instead of Robinson. The point is, Lowry last night, two points, two assists. He doesn't make an impact, he doesn't make a difference. I don't know how to rationalize. Sticking with Kyle Lowry in the starting lineup when the team is healthy. You're not gonna take Hero out. Butler's gonna jump in. I I mean, I guess you're gonna take Hawkes Jr. out, but I'd rather have Robinson in that starting lineup anyway. Let Hawkes Jr. continue to come off the bench. I don't understand how you rationalize having Lowry in the starting lineup. Even a guy like Haywood Highsmith, you see, and Richardson another great game off the bench. These guys all make an impact. Lowry doesn't. Most nights he does not make an impact. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We'll see once Jimmy returns what the starting lineup actually looks like. Hero last night led the Heat with 28 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. He was 4 of 5 from 3. So stupid not to acknowledge how awesome Tyler Hero is. And I'm going to tell you what else. I don't know how much better, if at all, this team would be if they had Lillard instead of Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkes Jr. Can you for sure say the Heat are better this year if they have Lillard instead of Hero, Robinson, Hawkes Jr.? I can't say that. I can't say that. Things may have worked out for the Heat in that regard. You know, that cockroach Joe Cronin, he doesn't want to take the Heat's phone call? Okay. He'd be killing himself to have those three guys right now. Robinson's having a career year, Hero is awesome, and Jaime Jaquez Jr. is awesome. I don't think the Heat are better off with Lillard instead of those three guys. I think I'm ready to say that. Hero is awesome, I don't want to hear him, and you know what, not bad defensively either. He's gotten better on that end of the floor. He is so good. At a bio last night, 18.7 rebounds. And here's also the thing with Bam. He had that one stretch there. I think it was in the third quarter. Oh, he was schooling Jonathan Isaac with the footwork. That's what I'm talking about. We're seeing it now from Bam, where he's that guy. Every night, you're seeing the aggression. You're seeing him attack the basket. He knows. He could be a major offensive weapon. I think we're there with Bam, where he's he's a big-time offensive guy now. Highsmith, like I said, had 15. I also want to say I am so... And I, I've told you guys this before. I am so happy for Duncan Robinson, man. Duncan had 12 points and 6 assists last night. But how about this? Duncan, 12 points. 1 for 1 from 3. When is the last time, if ever, Duncan Robinson has scored in double figures and attempted just 1-3? The point is, he takes you off the dribble. He gets to the basket. He had a couple of shots around the rim... Very difficult finishes. And six assists. He has become a much more complete player. And for everyone who's been talking shit about, you want to talk about keeping receipts? I hope Duncan Robinson kept receipts. He looks fantastic this year. And you know what? This guy's been on the team for six years now. Put a little respect on Duncan Robinson's name. He's one of the all-time great Miami Heat players. He's been here for six years. He has the most three-pointers in franchise history. And after last season, he could have sulked. Instead, he came back a better player. He is one of the all-time great Heat players. He Yes, put some respect on his name. That's my dog right now, Duncan Robinson. Very happy with Duncan Robinson. Very happy with that win last night. That's a good Magic team. And without Jimmy Butler, the Heat pretty much coast in the second half. Up double figures the whole time. Great performance from the bench. Great performance from Hero. Really good defensively. That's what I'm talking about. So 16-12 and 12 for your favorite little basketball team. And now next up for them is Friday against the Atlanta Hawks. Tonight, by the way, it's Thursday. That means we'll get to some mailbag questions. You guys sent in some good questions. We'll do a little bit of that. I want to get to the Dolphins. Before we get to Seth Levitt, we'll talk some Dolphins football with him. Tonight, your boy's going to the Panthers. Panthers are back home after a five-game trip. I got to see my favorite little hockey team tonight. Got great seats, and I told you, you know, on the ticket ninja. If if you if you're trying to go see the Panthers tonight's a good game. Thursday night Blues Western Conference team. Like if you wait till Saturday against like Vegas, those are expensive tickets. Go tonight, and I told you the best deals out there. The first row two or three in the upper deck, you can get those seats under forty bucks. Great value. So what are we doing tonight? Upper deck front row center ice. Boom. That's what we're doing tonight. I told you, ticket ninja, I give out the tips sometimes. That's where the value is. I'll see you at the game tonight. So Panthers blues. I'm looking forward to that for sure. All right. Like I told you, I want to get to some I want to get right into Dolphin stuff here. We'll do some fantasy football a little bit later on in the program. We got the Panthers tonight. I'm very excited about that. We got week 16 NFL. Good game. Make sure you set your fantasy football lineups. I mean Jamie will tell you as well. But Saints Rams, gotta be on top of that. Fantasy football playoffs. Come on. Stop stop dicking around. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program. Johnny Cuba. European roots with a Caribbean soul. Refreshing German lager in a can. You pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's how you enjoy Thursday night football. Tonight we get week 16 getting started this evening. You have a cold Johnny in your hand. Pick up a six-pack. Your local Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Fresco y mas. always drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, Stay tranquilo. Joining us now is our pal, one of the hosts of uh, Dolphins pregame, postgame show, the Fish Tank Podcast, Seth Levitt here with us. Seth, good to see you. And, and it's especially you, good there. to see you. You're, you're in a much better mood than the last time I saw you, which was you posting a video, walking to your car <laughs> in the parking lot at 2.30 in the morning after that disaster on Monday Night Football against the Titans, you, yeah. you were downtrodden that night, Seth.
2: I was. You should have reached out to me. I mean, if you saw me, I don't know when you saw it. If you saw it that night, if you were up at 2.30 in the morning, a good friend would have reached out and made sure I was okay, because it was rough. It was touch and go there. But Juice, he got me, because we were leaving the studio together. The, they, they have, uh, for iHeart there, they've got the uh, a fort. We kind of sit in a fort now, right by the Dan Marino statue. It's kind of cool we get to see the fans walk by. It's cool when, when you win when you lose and the opposing fans come up and they start banging on the window and everything and pointing at you like you're in a fishbowl, not necessarily the way we want to be, but uh, yeah, that was a tough night, but fortunately the team responded. Uh, Mike McDaniel responded and hopefully we responded as well.
0: I, uh, I was at the game that night with my son. We bought the tickets in advance. I got him you know, for Hanukkah, we bought tickets Monday night football. You've yeah. never been to Monday night football before. I mean, just, what a disaster, what a disaster that finish was. And uh, it, it was such a beautiful night. You know, the weather was great. And, and I got to tell you, uh, and you could appreciate this because you were with the organization, you know, 25 years ago, uh, before all the renovations in the stadium, that stadium is such a pleasure. Now it gorgeous. is,
3: yeah. it
0: is beautiful. It is such a great stadium. Even getting in and out, it's uh, now. Listen, I had one of the Mac Daddy parking passes, so I was lucky that night. I was going to say, where
2: is the, where do the zazlows park, and where do where do the zazlows sit? Because well, they do a great job at the stadium. There's no question. Great some question. Are a little more great than others.
0: Great question. Well, of course, title sponsors Zaslo show 2.0, Anajar and Levine. They set me up with the parking passes. Ah. I get that. I get that maroon parking pass right next to the helipad. So that's very convenient. We enter the stadium, uh, you know, through the, the F one garage. All right. So that's really (laughs) nice, you know, but I'll tell you where i like to sit now, now that I've gotten a little bit older, you know, I, we buy tickets. Whenever we go, we get upper deck front row. Okay. Beautiful. I love sitting in the front row in the upper deck. I don't have to stand. And you know where I like, I like in the corner where, it's the only row because then the right. bar is right above you. You know, and you got people like the section right next to me. They're yelling, Stand up. stand!" It's third down. Stand up. I'm like, listen, man, I bought these tickets specifically. Sit so my I there. don't <laughs> have to stand up. I'm going to sit here and relax the whole game. Stand up. You waste your energy. I'm sitting. So that's it. that's where we normally like to sit. It, and it's such a great stadium
2: yeah yeah they've done an amazing job that was a special night did you see the drone show did you see yeah the yeah that was one of the cooler things I've seen so the shame was that it didn't pan out the way that we had hoped it would um it felt like it was going to and then you know three and a half minutes things fell apart but Zaz that was two games ago we we yeah. actually you know beat the hell out of the Jets after that Can we well I, that?
0: I yeah I mean I I think we learned a lot about the team this past weekend, and. I even said – I I thought this was – like it may sound crazy when I say it. I think it was the best win of the season. Now, yeah. part of the reason it was the best win of the season is because they haven't beaten a team yet like the Cowboys or like the Ravens or like the Bills in these final three games. So we're, we're, we're going to have an opportunity for that. But I, I thought it was the best win of the season because of the way they bounced back from what yeah. could have been a, a devastating loss. And I thought it was a super high character win.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. You know, best one of the season, they all matter, but they definitely needed that one. That was – a OJ and I had a little bit – I don't want to call it a debate, but we had a conversation in the post-game about was it a must win. Um, I don't like using the term must win unless it's an elimination game. But, you know, I said it was a need to win, and I guess we can, you know, split hairs there on semantics. But it was an important game. How, is, how would this team respond – they had all season long put themselves in a position to really cruise into an AFC East title and potentially an AFC uh, an AFC conference title It didn't work out for him that that night against the Titans, but, you know, they did bounce back and in a big way. It wasn't like they squeaked it out against the Jets. Think about how they had to beat the Jets the year before. Tua was out. Skylar Thompson did everything he could. They needed to get that ninth. Oh, it's one of the worst
0: games I've ever watched. Think about that
2: versus 30 to nothing, running away with the thing, sending your your dreaded rival with the fans that you just can't even stand and send them all home with their – chins in their chest. I mean it was it was a big win for a lot of reasons. But uh, you know Jimmy Johnson used to say the more you win, every game gets bigger and more important. And that's exactly where we're at. Uh sorry about that party foul here. How do I not turn the phone off when I'm doing an interview?
0: That's all right. Uh you know what you know what's a thing that's happened with me throughout this season? I love watching the, I love when the defense is on the field now. Yeah. You know, the offense, we know how good this offense is, all right? Right. But now when the defense is on the field, I love watching this defense. They're, they're, they they're look to be an elite defense now at this point of the season, and certainly where they came from at the beginning of the year, like the first four or five games, there yeah. was a lot of concern about the defense. Uh, you know, of course, you get Jalen Ramsey after that, and uh, just, I guess, getting used to Vic Fangio's system and all of it. And I love when the defense is on the field, man. How about you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, how great is it that you don't want to get up from your seat regardless of of what what group is on the field? You know, there have been times uh, years and years ago where when the offense was on the field, you actually might get up, and that's when you run to the restroom or go get your hot dog. Um, And then with this team, certainly last year, you know, you, you definitely did not want to miss a single offensive snap. And, and they followed up with that. But to see the defense step up as well is exciting. I read something. Actually, here it is. I Joe Shad tweeted it. I have not fact-checked this. But it Let says when the Dolphins went to three straight Super Bowls in the 70s, winning twice, they finished top ten in both offense and total defense in each of those seasons. In the 50 NFL seasons since, the Dolphins have repeated that feat only once currently that's where they are right now so i mean that's one in football if you're top 10 in offense and defense you know we hear all three phases and yes you'd like to see the special teams step up to that level as well but when your offense and defense are playing the way they are now and if they can do it on a consistent basis and against uh teams that are double digit win teams then you've got a chance to do something special
0: well yeah and it's it's interesting that you bring that up because it always gets me when fans will say things like defense wins championships it's like no being really great at everything is what wins championships you gotta be great at offense you gotta be great at defense you gotta be great at special teams you gotta be really great at all the things to win a super bowl and it feels like this team is like i think they look like a super bowl team now granted we're gonna we're gonna find out this week starting this weekend you know uh give me your thoughts here on the race for the afc's number one seed because for me After the Tennessee loss, I kind of jumped off that bandwagon. What I mean by that is I'm more focused right now on winning the AFC East. Right. Winning the AFC, that's that's secondary at this point because the AFC East is absolutely back in play. It would not be crazy for the Dolphins to lose one of these next two games. These are tough games. The Bills are going to win their next two games. Chargers, Patriots, give me a break. So week 18 – Week 18's probably shaping up well for winning the division, possibly first place for the Dolphins side, possibly first in the AFC. So, I'm more focused on that than I am the number 1 overall seed right now.
2: Yeah, well, I think everybody needs to be and quite honestly, I I you kind of heard it from some of the guys in the locker room that their focus got away from it, it got bigger than just the next game against Tennessee. That was part, you know, you heard some guys talk about they overlooked the team, which you never like to hear that but there was all of a sudden this talk about you're in first place and the, for the conference home field advantage all of those things are great but you got to you still have to take care of business each and every week and so absolutely winning the division should be the primary focus and if you win the division and you kick ass the entire you know the the remaining remainder of your schedule and win the division went out then the other things take care of themselves so i think you're spot on there
0: how about that clip of mike mcdaniel on hard knocks this week i feel like I feel like a lot of media people around the league have taken notice of it where this is, you know, because there are coaches out there who don't, you know, like to necessarily shoulder the blame. And Mike McDaniel certainly knows the cameras are in there for hard knocks and he knows people are going to see it. And man, like he is shouldering the blame after that loss uh, against Tennessee. I thought it was a pretty impressive look for him.
2: I thought so as well. And I, you know, I mean, let me say shouldering the blame. He took responsibility for the things he's responsible for. And I, and he, he just seems like a really authentic guy. He always, everything you've gotten from him, it just seems like he's his authentic self. And I think he's encouraged his players to be authentic as well. Um, but yeah, if you just go out there and uh, I, I have to imagine, and, you know, I haven't sat in those meetings. I think my partner OJ has. And if a coach gets up there and just tells you, that everything you did sucked and takes no blame that players like players know when they didn't play well, but they also know when maybe as a coach, you could have done some things differently as well. And so if a coach doesn't take ownership of that, it doesn't sit well with the roster. And this coach is not only do I, I, do I think the guys respond to it and appreciate it, but I think it makes them more accountable as well. And I love that. Hey, did I call some trash plays? Yeah. I called some trash plays. But then all of a sudden he's showing Xavier Howard, you know, biting on something that he shouldn't have, and he he's showing guys like, hey, this is an All Pro player that made this mistake, and and it's almost like you can get away with doing that once you've stood up there and 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 kind of said, hey, here's here's where my flaws are as well. So everything he seems to do from an emotional intelligence standpoint seems to be spot on. The fact that we're even using words like emotional intelligence when we're talking about a head football coach in the National Football League. That in and of itself is a unique and refreshing thing. Um, I don't know that I bought into it during the coaching search, but I'm all in now.
0: So, we're hitting the most important stretch of the season, obviously. This weekend, Cowboys are here. It's, it's a uh, you know, in that 425 slate, pretty much the entire country is getting the game. You're yeah. getting the top box crew, Kevin Burkhardt, Greg Olson. This is a major game this weekend, and uh, you know. It's gonna go a long way toward dolphin fans all year. You'll get they get mad about the national media calling the, the dolphins uh that they're frauds and what have you. And it's like yeah. look, you don't really have a leg to stand on until you prove otherwise. Sure. And they they got that chance now this weekend. Like now, now is finally the opportunity for this dolphin team. If you want everybody to stop calling you a fraud, that situation's gonna take care of itself this weekend.
2: Yeah, I agree. Let me say this first, because I I was out on record. I didn't like the term fraud either. Uh, I think that if you felt that they weren't as good as you thought they were, I was okay with that. Fraudulent to me means something different. I'm a big believer in that words matter. And fraudulent means you're representing yourself as one thing, but you're actually something else. So you have this intent to deceive. I'm like, no, in the National Football League, you're exactly who you put on film. You know, and so everything they put on film is who they were. They were beating the hell out of teams that were sub 500. And when they played teams that were above 500, the record told you exactly who they were. So that wasn't fraudulent to me at all. Um, Having said that, could you question whether or not they were legitimate contenders? That was fair. It continues to be fair. Like Mike McDaniel said, if you want to change the narrative, well, change the damn narrative then. So they need to win a game like this to get people to believe. But I also am of the opinion that I don't think who cares if anybody believes because there's no uh, – this isn't college football. They don't you, – you don't – whatever happened to FSU, and as a Gator, I don't really care. Too bad, guys. Sorry, even though you probably got, you got the short end of the stick. That doesn't happen in the National Football League. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks of you. Your record dictates it. Either, you, either your record was good enough to get you in the playoffs or to win the division or to get the home field advantage, or it wasn't. And then you've got to pay the piper in the next time you step on the field and prove that you were worthy of that spot. But nobody has to vote for you. Nobody has to like you. Everybody can hate you as a team. Personally, I like when when my football team feels like they're backed into a corner and everybody hates them. But, uh, you know, so whether or not the media jumps on or off the bandwagon really doesn't matter, or at least it shouldn't matter. Having said that, is the narrative fair? It's absolutely fair until they prove otherwise.
0: What do you think the crowd's going to look like this weekend? Uh, I mean, we know it's going to be packed, uh, but, you know, Cowboys fans. We're
2: going to get them all fired up. He's wrapping Christmas presents, and now you got. he's going to start sweating when you sit. Nothing OJ hates more than walking into the Miami Dolphins, Hard Rock Stadium, and seeing the opposing team, team's colors, like, in waves. And, listen, Dallas, you know, whether it makes you sick here in America's team or not, people grew up on it. The same guy I just talked about, O.J. McDuffie, talks about how he grew up on the Dallas Cowboys. They're a team that has always played in prime time. They have that big star. They kind of invented what the NFL cheerleader is supposed to be. All of those things, right, Dallas, they're a big-time team in terms of popularity, and they have – passionate fans and we're going to see you probably have people that like the dolphins, but they love the Cowboys and they might root for the dolphins every week, except for this one, because they've been waiting five years for this opportunity. Um, and uh, so I think it's a long winded way of saying, yeah, there's going to be a lot of blue and silver and that's okay. Cause you're also going to have a lot of orange and aqua. The dolphins fans have really gotten behind this team this year. We've seen it on the road. I think they're really loud and and raucous in the stadium and as long as the team gives them something to play for you'll you'll hear them and hopefully we can shut those Cowboys fans up early.
0: 23 years since the Dolphins have won a playoff game. Uh, do you remember yeah. ex- now you were still you were working for the team in the PR department at the time yeah. uh do, can you can you put yourself back in that moment? I mean I okay. think it's probably you know it's it's the Lamar Smith game if you're yep. old enough to remember it. I remember exactly where I was watching it. It was an amazing experience. Fiedler with the comeback in the second half after a miserable first half. Yep. Jat misses a kick that would have win it. Goes to overtime. Lamar Smith, who had the game of his life and was just steamrolling dudes in overtime. Do you remember where you were when the Dolphins won their last playoff game?
2: Absolutely. So I was uh, on the sidelines, uh, dressed to the nines back when I could fit into my suits. And uh, I would go down with the last eight minutes of the game. I'd go down with Harvey Green, who was the PR director, who – shout out to Harvey, who just got selected by the Pro Football Hall of Fame as one of their award winners where they recognize contributors to the game. And um, Harvey would be on the sidelines, and he would have to go uh, with the head coach. And then I would have to chase down whoever the the television network has chosen as the kind of the player-to-be-interviewed, player-of-the-game deal, where you see that on-field sideline reporter – and um, so I'm standing on the field on the sidelines, and you know, the momentum is starting to swell in the Dolphins' favor. And you're thinking, wow, we got this chance. He did, as you said, Vanderchak missed that kick. Lamar was unstoppable, and and he bounces off there, goes kind of off tackle to the right there. And and he steamrolls, the offensive line steamrolls. There's a great picture. Of OJ jumping over dudes in the into the end zone there and waving one finger in the air. And Richmond Webbs running down. And Richmond was the guy I ended up having to get. And uh, I, I just remember running on the field and I typically would try to control my emotion and be a professional, but I was pumping my fist and kind of <laughs> sprinted forty yards to chase Richmond down to get him on television. And yeah, it was a memory I'd never forget. I was hoping that maybe it would be wiped out by a few more playoff wins since then, but it just hasn't been.
0: Uh I it'll it'll be so great if they could win this division because and finish at least number two, where then you're you're getting two home playoff games yeah. like just the, the whole atmosphere, and, you know, it, it's been 23 years since they've won a playoff game. It's been – got to go back uh, 92, the last time they were in the AFC Championship game, uh, so also the last time that they won a divisional playoff game. I was at that game, 31 nothing against the Chargers there back in 92. Keith Jackson, great game in the pouring rain. Not in in that front
2: row upper deck, though, back then. Oh, and no, it, we, all, we were we – no, we were
0: like – we were like fifteen rows upper deck, you know, for that game, me and my yeah. father. Uh, and of course that was the last time they were in the AFC Championship game where they got killed by Buffalo. And it I, I just I want, you know, as we get older, right, Seth, it's not even as much about the team winning the whole thing. Like I experienced this last season with the Heat and the Panthers. Neither of them won the whole thing, but yeah. it was as much fun I've ever had. As a sports fan, because it's about the moments, right? And so, yeah, we want to get to the postseason here and get those moments because, yes, the Lamar Smith game is an amazing memory, but that can't still be the greatest moment of my life. It's not good
2: enough. (laughs) It can't. No, I, you know, and hopefully, like, uh, kids and and weddings and those things are up there as well. (laughs) But I know, yeah, absolutely. They, they, and I believe this team is ready to make new memories for folks. I, I believe that this team is ready to do things that fans that are younger are going to be having a similar conversation that you and I are having now, decades from now. So I think they're poised and ready to do it. Hopefully it starts this year, but they're building something really special. Um, I, I I think from from top down in the organization – The type of players they're bringing in, the caliber of football players they are, the caliber of people they are. I love what this coaching staff is doing, not just Mike McDaniel, but across the board, although I think people are going to start to pluck uh, coaches off of this staff for some bigger opportunities. But all of that just means that things are heading in the right direction and you're successful. So I'm excited about it. I do hope that this is a year where we can uh, stop saying, oh, we haven't won a playoff game since Lamar Smith. I really do hope that this is a year. And I think they've got a good chance to make that happen. But they got you know, they 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 have to make it happen. It's not gonna happen just because we want it to.
0: So, Seth, you guys caught my attention a couple days ago because the fish tank podcast, you and OJ McDuffie, you guys get great guests. And you guys had Merino this we did. week, right?
2: We did, yeah. So we we've been very fortunate, Zaz, to get, as you said, great guests. Um, but this was the guest of all guests, right? If you're doing a Miami Dolphins, listen, if you're doing any podcast and Dan Marino's your guest, you know you're going to do big numbers. But if you're doing a Miami Dolphins podcast and you choose who are the guests that you want to have on, uh, you know, Dan Marino's right at the top of the list. And we've been lucky. My boss, right, Jason Taylor has been on. Zach Thomas has been on a couple times. Larry Zonka has even been on. We've had, you know, true Dolphins legends. We've Mike McDaniel and, and Tua have been on. Uh, last year, they were both on especially now with us being part of the Miami Dolphins podcast network, but we've been waiting for Danny, man, have we been waiting for Danny? And he's, we always knew it would happen. He gave us his word. It would happen. He loves OJ to death. He tolerates me, but uh, you know, he thinks the world of OJ, he told juice that he would do it, but it just all came together this year. And it was really cool because, you know, he was drafted in 1983. This is now 2023. So 40 year anniversary of him being drafted. Uh, we're doing something pretty cool on the 1994 game where he comes back for the yeah. first time after the Achilles. So that we didn't talk about that much. We talked about it a little bit in this interview, but we're doing something really special about that because next year will mark the 30-year anniversary of that game. I say next year, but 2024 is right here on top of us, isn't it? But look, man, it's Dan Marino. You know, you have a podcast and you roll out there with Dan Marino. We just got a new set for the fish tank at the Baptist Health Studios there over at the Dolphins camp. And Danny was great. And I think what I liked most about it and what we really love about this show is guys seem to enjoy being on the show. You know, it's not. Maybe he said yes as a favor. But by the end of it, he had a good time. He remembered things that were, were important to him. He talked about things that were fun. He laughed. He showed a side of himself. That's been the biggest comment. People are like, wow, Danny, like I haven't seen him that loose before. I'm like, well, that's Dan. Like, that's the Dan that we all see. But the public sees not uh, they they only see one particular side of him uh, because he is so polished and he does have so much responsibility to himself and his foundation and his name and the team. And so, you know, you don't always see him let his hair down, so to speak. But he did it a little bit more on this show. Uh, We thought it was great. Everybody's saying they wish it were longer. They can't wait for him to come back in. They might have to wait a little while for him to come back in the fish tank but I I thought we got a hell of an interview and look, you're a podcaster. It's fun. When you go check the charts and you're like, Oh, we just made the top 200 charts. Oh, we're number 50 overall in football podcasts right now. Thanks to Dan Marino. You know, it's not because of me. Um, But uh, so, so it's been really cool. If people haven't listened to it, please go check it out. Uh, Danny, you know, we we titled the, the episode, pick a guy, let it fly. It's one of the great lines that Dan's ever had and continues to have. Um, but uh, it was kind of everything we could ask for in a guest.
0: As someone who grew up watching Marino and grew up with those Dolphin teams, it bothers me when, you know, you run into, and there's nothing that can be done about it, but a 25 or even a 30-year-old Dolphin fan trying to explain to them, like, you have no idea how amazing this guy was. And right. they have no idea. They never got, you're a huge Dolphin fan. How could you be a huge Dolphin fan? You never got to see Marino, you know, like it's wild to me.
2: It is wild, but it's also wild that he still is able to command the respect and the and move the needle the way he does. And, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why all the stuff he's done off the field, all the stuff he's done, you know, Ace Ventura. There's different reasons why people are connected to Dan Marino. But just go back to 1984, man. I said this to him on the show. If you threw for 5,084 yards and 48 touchdowns this year, right now he would be the runaway MVP. There would be no conversation. That's with 17 games. That's with all of the rules to protect quarterbacks. That's with all the rules where you can't touch receivers. Yeah. If you not saying people have broken those records, but if right now any Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tua, any of the quarterback, Brock Purdy, if you had 5,084 yards and 48 touchdowns, you're the runaway MVP. It'd be he
0: 6,060 it. today. Is what it he would did be. it
2: in 1984, man. Yeah, he did it in 1984. It was unheard of back then. And uh, it was cool. We asked him, did you have any like, could you even feel the magnitude of what you were doing? Or were you just in the moment? And he's like, Seth, we were just rolling. You know, it's just that we were just rolling, man. We were just doing what we did. So it was really cool. It was a cool experience for me uh, as a fan, as someone who grew up just like you did watching Dan. It was a great experience as a podcaster. And uh, yeah, if you're just a football fan in general, it's a super cool interview. Seth, tell
0: everyone how they could download the episode.
2: Well, you know, the Fish Tank, we're fortunately, you go to Apple, you go to Spotify, you go to MiamiDolphins.com. You can go to the tank 81com Really, anywhere that you would want to stream a podcast, you can find us. The Dolphins also did a beautiful job. If you prefer to see it and, uh, and not just stare at two guys that look like me and Zaslow, but you want to see Danny on the screen, you can go to YouTube. The Dolphins did an amazing job. putting together, you know, intercutting the highlights with some of the great stories that he told. So the interview is also up on YouTube. It's kind of everywhere and people are finding it and, you know, it's been great. So check us out.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Seth. Great job, man. Again, you can listen to Seth, obviously pregame, postgame, Dolphins Radio Network, and of course, all the episodes uh, of the Fish Tank Podcast with our pal OJ McDuffie. Great job, Seth. Appreciate Pretty
2: it, man. that, Thank you. Can I ride with you? You seem to have better parking than me. Can I jump in? Yeah. With the and get it? <laughs> yeah. You hop in that I back seat. Sunday, Let's buddy. go. Shotgun is it. taken. You hop in the back seat. All oh, right? yeah. I'll get in the trunk if it means I can get closer to the stadium.
0: Great job, Seth. Thank you, man.
2: Thank you, my man. Take care. Happy holidays.
0: You too. Really good job by Seth there. Appreciate him hanging out with us. You know what else I appreciate? I appreciate all our amazing sponsors. And I also appreciate one of them that helps me get the best sleep of my life. You know I'm talking about Sheets and Giggles. That's right. SheetsGiggles.com, where you're going to get the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there. When I first went to SheetsGiggles.com, I was able to pick out the comforter, the blanket, the pillowcases, the bed sheet. I have a eucalyptus pillow. You know how comfortable a eucalyptus pillow is? Think about it like this. A koala can sleep on a eucalyptus tree up to 18 hours a day. That's a tree. Imagine how comfortable my eucalyptus pillow is. You could also get a eucalyptus mattress. All you got to do is go to sheetsgiggles.com. And if you use promo code Zazlo, you'll get 20% off your first order at checkout. Sheetsgiggles.com, promo code Zazlo, 20% off your first order. And then that's one less thing you got to worry about. Where are you gonna get your bed sheets? You already know. Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. And then every other time you go back on, my man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, is constantly putting out promo codes on their Twitter at SheetsGiggles. You're gonna get all kinds of discounts, sales, promo codes. Every time you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you're gonna get discounts, and you're gonna get the best sleep of your life. And make sure you start things off by using promo code Zazlo at SheetsGiggles.com. All right, it's Thursday. Let's do some mailbag questions. That's right. I put it out every morning on Thursday. I'll put out a little note there, and we could squeeze in some questions for you guys on anything. This question here is from Saul. Saul's got a two-part question. He asked, number one, can the Dolphins get the one seat? Look, I think the only way, you heard me talking about it there with Seth. <laughs> Excuse me. I think the only way they get the one seat is if they win these final three games I do not think the Dolphins are going to win the final three games. Uh, Now, you know, you could hope for a Baltimore loss to San Francisco. That's certainly possible. But I think the Dolphins got to win these final three games in order to get the number one seed. I don't think that's going to happen. It's why I'm more focused on the AFC East. And it's frustrating because if they held on to that game against Tennessee... The Dolphins would be one win or one Buffalo loss away. I don't think Buffalo is going to lose one of their next two games, Chargers and Patriots, but we would be a Dolphin win this weekend away from them clinching the AFC East, and then full focus can be on the number one seed overall. I, I don't think they're going to get the number one seed. Second question from Saul. If Roman Reigns retains again at WrestleMania, how will you and the fans feel? And he says, I'm for it. I'm for it also. I didn't have a problem with Roman Reigns retaining last year. I was stunned that he did, but I liked it. And I love Roman Reigns. I've liked him for a really long time. I I, I like when they I like when they surprise us. And yeah, it'd probably be a surprise again if Roman Reigns retains at WrestleMania 40. I mean I guess Cody's gonna be his opponent again, and be pretty wild. If two years in a row, Roman Reigns retains, and then you would actually start to believe he's never going to lose the title. I'd be totally okay with him winning. Matter of fact, I'm going to be rooting for him to win at WrestleMania 40. Next question is from Miami Barracuda. He says, Will one of our local teams win it all in 2024? Well, I would say right now, I don't think we've ever been in a better position for one of our teams. You know, when it comes to all of our teams being in a position... To win a championship, the Dolphins are certainly Super Bowl contenders. The Heat, we know, are contenders for a championship, and the Panthers are a contender for a championship. So, which one of our local teams, will, can, you know, can will one of our teams win it all in 2024? I mean, look, odds are obviously against it. I think the best way for me to answer is which one has the best chance. I think is the best way for me to answer it, and I would say the team with the best chance to win it all in 2024. The Miami Heat. Yep, that's right. That doesn't mean that I think they're going to. I think the Heat had the best chance. Panthers, it's so hard. You saw last year. Panthers were amazing in the playoffs and still came up short. The Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in 23 years. I can't sit here and tell you they have the best chance of winning out of our teams. The Miami Heat, though, you could always have confidence. And they're better this year than they were last year. Next question is from Alex. Alex asks, is uh, is it going to end up working out for the Heat not getting Damian Lillard. Triple J a baller, Hero a baller, and Duncan having a career year. Thanks, fam. Yo, thanks to you, man, for participating. You heard me earlier in the show. I pretty much said the exact same thing. I'm in a place now where I think that this has actually worked out. I think that the Blazers wish they took that package from the Miami Heat. And I think the Heat look back at it and say, you know what? I think things worked out pretty well. I think you're right, Alex. And finally, one more question here, and then we're going to get to Jamie, and we're going to do fantasy football. This is from Leo, and Leo says, will Zaz be attending a Dolphin playoff game with his boys? All right. It's not going to be multiple boys. It would be with my older son, Corey. He, he loves the Dolphins. My younger son, Jordan, doesn't really love the NFL. And... He wanted to go to the Cowboys game, although this weekend I'm actually hosting ESPN Radio NFL Game Day, so I can't go anyway. And then he wanted to go to the final game against Buffalo. (laughs) And I told him, like, save your money, or, you know, save my money. The Dolphins are likely going to host a playoff game, maybe two. They haven't won a playoff game in 23 years. They haven't hosted a playoff game in 15 years. Let's go to the playoffs. So... The, the answer the answer is, yeah, we're probably gonna to go to a playoff game. Yes, and that right there. Another addition. Thank you for participating of Zaslow Show 2.0 mailback. All right, of course, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. You can pick up a six pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, win Dixie, e Moss. always drink responsibly. and of course don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay Kilo, our pal is CBS Sports fantasy football expert, Jamie Eisenberg. Week 16 gets going tonight. We are right smack in our fantasy football playoffs. So everybody out there is counting on you, Jamie. First up, how you doing this morning? Everything
1: okay? Everything is great. Uh, looking forward to tonight's game. Should be a fun weekend of football and uh, good to talk to you as always.
0: Are you surprised? Like, give me some thoughts here. So the, the big news over the last couple of days was... Aaron Rodgers essentially putting an end to the season-long drama of him returning early from an Achilles injury. What did you make of him essentially doing a 180 where he's been telling us he he's going to return early and then just five days before that supposed return date, he tells everybody finally he's not even close, probably a month away?
1: Well, I'm, I'm sure, A, he likes the drama, so let's not, you know, know, overstate the obvious here about who he is and who he has been, especially in the latter stages of his career. Uh, I think part of it, though, is, you know, going through the rehab process. You know, I mean, injuries are tricky. You never know if uh, he felt better a month ago and thought, okay, this is trending in the right direction. And then when he's out on the football field, it doesn't feel right. And why would you risk going out there behind that offensive line with a team that's not going anywhere if you're not at 100 percent just because you want to play? So. You know, yes, I'm sure there was a lot of look at me, look at me. And then, OK, now you don't have to look at me anymore. Um, but also, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's part of just the medical part of this that he was hoping to be back out there. He was hoping the team was going to be better. He was hoping to have a chance to maybe, you know, help, help them sneak into the playoffs. And now that that's unrealistic, OK, why risk it when you only have the the potential downfall of hurting yourself for next season?
0: So, as far as tonight's game is concerned, tonight we, we, we got a game that matters tonight, all right? This is a game that certainly has playoff implications for both teams, Saints and Rams. Rams currently hold the final playoff spot. The Saints are still in play in the NFC South to try and win that division. What do we like tonight? We like a lot.
1: You know, I mean, this is a, a fun fantasy game if everything comes to, you know, pass in terms of everybody being at their best. Um mm-hmm. You know, Derek Carr is coming off five touchdowns in his last two games, his best performance of the season last week. He did that without Chris Olave. Olave is expected to play tonight. So I like his situation. Obviously, the two running backs are playing great, Alvin Kamara and Kyron Williams. Williams has been, you know, arguably the best story for, for fantasy managers this year, him and Raheem Mostert, just in what they've been able to to do based on where you drafted them, or in, in the case of Kyron Williams, picked him up off, off the waiver wire. Uh, the receiving core for the Rams is finally looking, you know, at its best. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Kamara and and Kyron Williams in, th- in the game tonight. I think we're going to see great performances from both of these teams. So should be fun to see these two offenses again. Hopefully, they both come to play their best football.
0: Jamie, how about the MVP conversation? It's a really it's a really interesting year for that because it feels like every single week we have a new candidate. And I feel like last week Dak Prescott was the guy, and then he has the performance that he had against Buffalo. Who is at the top of the MVP conversation now this week?
1: Well, I I think we're going to get, you know, a a clear answer in in the head-to-head game between Baltimore and San Francisco. So you have the two guys for the 49ers, which may hurt themselves if they're going to split votes in some capacity, and Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. And you have Lamar Jackson, who, you know, at this point, the Ravens are the one seed in the AFC, so it's hard to overlook, A, what he's done and, and clearly what the team has done. Uh, I don't think Dak is completely out of the race. If he has a strong game or you know strong finish uh, Jalen Hurts, I think could still put himself back into play. Uh, obviously the Tyree kill narrative is fun. Now I think Tua's has kind of fallen out of the race just based on how things have unfolded for him. But you know, if Tyree can get to the 2000 yard mark still um, he's going to be right there also. So you're kind of, kind of, you're kind of getting to see a, a, a I think a, a clear cut four or five, you know, maybe there's an outside chance of Josh Allen putting himself in the race just based on how the bill season may finish. But you know, he may have done a little bit too much harm with how he performed earlier this season. And you can never rule out Patrick Mahomes. But I think the the winner of the 49ers-Ravens game will sort of, I, I think, dictate who is the MVP leader. And it would not be surprising if it's one of the 49ers guys. All
0: right, before we talk about the actual game, Dolphins and Cowboys, how do you see the remainder of this season playing out for the Dolphins? Final three games here, very, very difficult schedule. AFC East is obviously still on the line. So is number one in the AFC overall. That includes a game at Baltimore in a couple weeks. How do you see the remainder of this season playing out for the Dolphins?
1: I think the Dolphins go one and one in their next two. I think they beat the Cowboys and probably lose to Baltimore. Baltimore most likely coming off a loss at San Francisco. So back in their building, I think they get refocused and try and still lock up the one seat in the AFC. And then it comes down to that game in Buffalo. Cause I don't think Buffalo is losing their next two, you know, against the uh, chargers and the, and the Patriots. So um, you know, not I think something a lot of people thought with how the previous few weeks had looked, that Titans loss is going to loom large if the Dolphins end up losing to Buffalo and losing two or at least three of their next three. Uh, but look, if Miami can can win out, you know, you just know what the narrative has been. They haven't been able to beat a good team yet. Um, and so they have three of them lined up right in a row. So I I do think that they beat Dallas. Uh that Baltimore one is 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 the toughest one to me just because it's you know on the road against a really good team. And then if everybody's healthy you know, at least as healthy as they can be, you know, they should be able to beat Buffalo in their building. But look, injuries are really playing a part right now for a lot of teams. You know, San Francisco, for example, had their injury situation when they lost those three games with Trent Williams and Debo Samuel banged up. You're seeing Buffalo sort of manage through their injuries right now a little bit. You know, they got through the game last week with Micah Hyde not being there and and Epineza. The Dolphins right now are in the middle of it, you know, losing, you know, a couple key guys on defense with, with Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland coming back. And then, you know, the offensive line woes right now are, are really problematic. So, that's going to be the biggest key, I think, for them is can they protect Tua? Can they still run the ball? Can Tyreek get back to being Tyreek? They have everything in front of them that, that, that should allow them to be the best team in the AFC and still maybe have a chance at the one seed. So let's talk about the game. What do we like? I think it's going to be a fun one. You know, the the Cowboys right now have a key injury on, on their defensive line. The name is escaping me right now, but it really showed up in their run defense. Um, in terms of how James Cook operated. So I think the Dolphins should be able to run the ball like they have been. Raheem Mostert clearly been fantastic, you know, uh, chasing or competing with you know, Christian McCaffrey for the touchdown lead, both at 20 right now, going into the week. So Mostert should have a big day, um, again, if they're still banked up defensively. And then does Tyreek Hill come back and play at 100%? You know, I, I think the fact that they held him out last week, you know, proved to be the right decision because of how they won that game against the Jets, didn't need him. So if you get him at 100%, you know, Tyreek should be a star. Uh, obviously, Jalen Waddle has to prove that he can do what he did last week consistently with Tyreek on the field. Uh, you know, the, the fun thing that we've seen from the Cowboys defense while Duran Bland's had a huge year in terms of interceptions, he's also the guy that you pick on because you don't want to throw at Stefan uh if, if you don't have to. So I think that's the direction the Dolphins will attack if they see Bland lined up on Tyreek or or Waddle or get one of those guys in motion with him on him. Um, that's the spot that Tua will have some success throwing on. So Tua should be great. Dak should be great. You know, he's he's been fantastic prior to last week. I think he'll bounce back. Um, Tony Pollard still in play as a as a number two running back, and then you have arguably the two best fantasy wide receivers going head to head because CD Lamb, what he's done in the second half of the season has been phenomenal, especially with Justin Jefferson hurt. So should be fun to see those two guys operate as well.
0: All right, Jamie, give me some sneaky good plays throughout the weekend.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a there's a handful of quarterbacks. The two that the three that top the list for me, Baker Mayfield's been great the last two games, over 60 fantasy points in his last two matchups, and he has a great matchup this week against Jacksonville, so I like him a lot. Uh, Joe Flacco, three straight games, over 20 fantasy points. Good matchup against the Texans. They've been bad against quarterbacks lately. And then Nick Mullins came back, you know, or started last week for the first time. 21 fantasy points coincided with Justin Jefferson coming back. The way to beat the Lions or at least have success against the Lions is through the air. So uh, Mullins should be, you know, a a decent plug and play at the quarterback spot. Running back's a little bit tougher to find guys off the waiver wire or some sneaky plays. But I do think this could be actually a good week for Najee Harris. I know he's been tough to trust, but DJ Reader. Big run stuffer for the Bengals. He's now out for the season. Uh, Najee's got a good history against Cincinnati. He scored against them earlier, so not bad to trust him. Uh, Love Ken Walker this week. He's my starter of the week. So coming off a good game last week against Philadelphia. Love the setup against the Titans. They're missing their best run stuffer in Jeffrey Simmons. We saw that with the Dolphins, for example. So uh, Walker's in play here if you're looking for a guy that's been sort of a fringe starter. And then wide receiver, it's going to be, I think, a pretty good week at that position. Um, Jordan Addison should be good. You know, we saw him score last week. Like the setup for him. Deontay Johnson scored three touchdowns in a row, which was rare. Didn't score it all last year, if you remember. So like the setup there for him. And if you need a plug and play, a guy that's off the waiver wire, uh, Christian Watson and Jaden are both banged up for the Packers. Dontavian Wicks is coming off a six catch 97 yard game last week for Green Bay. Tough matchup against the Panthers, but a guy that's available almost everywhere. You can plug in your lineup.
0: Excellent job, Jamie. Tell everybody how they can hear you leading up to tonight's game. And of course the games this weekend.
1: Check us out, CBS Sports HQ. You can check out our YouTube uh, – excuse me, I always say it – our podcast, which is all available on our YouTube page as well. Fantasy Football Today is where you find that. And then you can always follow me on Twitter or just check out the uh, our website, cbsports.com. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. We'll talk next
0: week, man. You
1: got it, man. Take care.
0: So hopefully Jamie was able to help you out a little bit with your fantasy football. There's very high stakes getting going tonight with Week 16 getting started, Saints and Rams. I'm going to help you out a little bit here, though, myself. And that's by telling you to go to the only car dealership I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're getting an exceptional experience at their brand-new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. You know, it's that beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. I want to make sure you get a relaxed, exciting car shopping experience and that's why I send you to where you can be treated like royalty North Fort Lauderdale Subaru with an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model you're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru plus all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty so you know that you're covered and right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is a big event going on the 2023 Subaru Share the Love event where a Portion of all new sales goes to help local organizations in our community. Plus, lots of great offers right now, like a 2024 Subaru Outback Premium. You could lease for just $321 a month for 36 months with $59.95 due at signing with approved credit or a new 24 cross-track for just two nineteen dollars a month for 36 months with $54.95 due at signing. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North Fort Lardo, Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal, I got a few things for you here. How about this? So yesterday, Wednesday on First Take, you know, is the best day of the week on First Take. Unless Amber Wilson's on First Take, then that's the best day. But otherwise, Wednesday's with dog, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. And he gave his list yesterday of things that bother him about Christmas. Well remember I didn't like Thanksgiving now, <laughs> and the Christmas tree lotting okay and I banged my leg
3: getting home that night At that 617 train. All right here are my five I can't stand dislikes as far as Christmas is concerned. Now remember my 90 year old mother she gets trampled on Christmas Day there's nine million labels so she wants to make a contribution so on Christmas Eve we always bring her over and she wants to prepare dinner. Mom. I don't want the burnt veal parmesan anymore. Wow. And, oh no. she brings the veal parmesan on, she burns it. My kids don't want to eat it. Nobody wants to eat it now, mom. You made it 40 years ago, you were in your top form. No more burnt veal parmesan. Number four, now I can't stand this. Church is at five o'clock. It's Sunday, there's football. Oh wow. I got one o'clock games. My lovely wife says we're leaving at 3.30. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're leaving... What? That's early. We're leaving oh, at Why? We're, no. We're leaving at 3.30. All dressed. Where are going to go? Honey, I got football! Whew. Not only that, I got to sit there at a 6 o'clock and it's Dallas, Miami and Jacksonville, Tampa. So Fat Bob's got to make the plays for us and I
0: can't walk the game. I'm going big deal. I mean, what a legend. Big deal or not a big deal. So Joy Taylor, star of FS1 Speak, you know that's our homegirl, yesterday on Speak, she reacted to it, you know, Shaq made it a thing, right? Where Shaq said we need to start talking about Steph Curry in the conversation of greatest of all time. First Take talked about it. Speak had to have their shot at it as well. Here's Joy on Steph Curry as the greatest of all time.
1: And while I do think, I don't want to take away from LeBron or Jordan and what they've contributed to the game as well, because obviously they are otherworldly. It's not relatable. Even though we want to be like Mike, it's always aspirational. LeBron, the king. Everybody can't be the king. But to your point, Steph is not just relatable. He's made it so that the game has actually changed. So I don't think it's ridiculous to put him in that conversation. Obviously, we respect what Shaq has to say because of what he's contributed to the game as well. But he has the championships to back it as well. It's not like we're just talking about somebody's extreme talent with no results. He has a lot of results to validate not only what we've seen on the court, but what he has contributed to that team.
0: I'm going not a big deal. It's a silly It's a silly conversation. Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time, best player, best player of all time? No. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. Yesterday, Colin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. One of my colleagues, Joe Fortenbaugh. Here he is reacting to Ja Morant the night before. Of course, he hit the game winner. And then Ja in the tunnel. Uh, a Terrible job yelling out how he's keeping receipts. Here's Joe Fortenbaugh.
3: Rule number one in the crisis management handbook presented to you by Joe Fortenball is humility first and foremost, humility. That's the first thing you gotta do. You gotta humble yourself. If you wanna win people back and you want people to forget about the mistakes because we are, believe it or not, a forgiving culture. We're very forgiving, but you gotta give us the reason to forgive you. You you. We don't wanna look like idiots. That's what it comes down to. Outside of being forgiving, we all are so vain. We don't wanna look stupid. So we're not going to buy in unless you give us a reason to. Morant with the kept receipts, okay, he's fired up about everything, but just day-to-day, handle your business, talk about the team, talk about how you're excited you got a second chance, and people will come back around. The question is, do you think, after everything that's happened, he is capable of putting together a plan that eventually results in a complete heel-to-babyface turn where people like him again?
0: Yeah, Joe's right. It was a very foolish move out of John Morant. Joe's, Joe's 100% right there. People are going to want to forget. People are going to want to root from. I mean, the ending to that game was amazing. And he kind of ruined it right after. Like, n- nobody. You're you're not the victim, John, You're not the victim. So I'm going big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal. Not a big deal. Yes. All right. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, I am hosting. ESPN Radio NFL game day this Sunday Christmas Eve so that's gonna be a lot of fun where you know it's it's like red zone on the radio so hope everybody listens that that Sunday and I'm also doing ESPN Radio on Monday on Christmas Day I think I'm on from 5 30 p.m. to 9 p.m. so got a nice long ship there so you'll be able to hang out with me on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day we're not going anywhere we're working on the holidays come on We're getting close to Christmas. Everybody's very excited. All right. Glad you're spending some time with us here. Thanks to all you guys for hanging out with us today. Thanks to my great team behind the scenes who helps put together every show. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Go with that. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to... Go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo, because more is always brewing.